Hey everybody, this is Tito Bort, CEO at AltiSales, and here we are with another SDR Superstar Series. Um, I am really excited uh, to introduce you guys to Grant Horvath from LivePerson. Hey Grant, how are you? I'm doing well, Tito. Thanks for having me on the show. Man, I am, uh, I am pretty excited. It's funny, you are actually working now with uh, one of our early guests in the show, with Sam Silverman. So, um, what a coincidence, huh? Total coincidence, and I have to owe you uh, some gratitude for uh, making my opportunity to work with Sam possible. Uh, if I didn't reach out to, uh, if I didn't actually research uh, what a, being a top SDR was, I would have never found the video with Sam, which would have never led me to actually getting introduced to him here in Tampa Bay, Florida. So uh, I guess, like you said, uh, maybe you deserve some of my commission as a result. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. <laughs> I know I was joking about that maybe a few days ago when we were uh, preparing for this one. So um, cool, man. Um, let's let's dive right in. You know, something I usually do in, in every interview is understand the context about the company. Like what do you sell and to who? Because different people react in different ways. So tell us a little bit more about LifePerson. Who do you sell to um, and what, what's the product? Yeah, absolutely. So people might be familiar with LivePerson. They were founded in the late 90s. Our CEO and uh, current uh, CEO and founder uh, owns the IP on chat. And he was the original creator of that. So if you went on a website and it said, how can I help you? You would type in, some dots would reply. You would be having a conversation with an individual on a website, a one-time uh, thing. So every time that you would go back to that website, you'd have to tell them, my name is Tito Bort. I'm a CEO of Alti Sales. You'd have to keep repeating that process. About three years ago, uh, Rob Lacasio, our CEO and founder, transformed our business model to messaging. And now what we're doing as a brand is really working with the world's largest organizations in every single vertical out there, Delta Airlines, T-Mobile, Verizon, uh, many other big brands, American Express, Discover, all over the world, helping these organizations get closer to their consumers. You might have been on a 1-800 hold line recently in, to start 2019. What we're trying to do is help these brands get their consumers off a 10-minute plus wait and directly into a text message using artificial intelligence and bots. Uh, so I have the privilege of reaching out to executives that are trying to transform the way they speak with their consumers. Okay, awesome. So is the what's more relevant, of course, to our audience here is, are you reaching out, of course, executives, but is this like support or sales or what persona are you going after? Great question. It's, it's actually uh, all of the above. Uh, so it could be e-commerce and digital leaders, it's customer care, customer experience, uh, sometimes operations, but it's really the, the people that run the business units within those different personas within these mega, mega companies around the world. Okay, so you're a Fortune 500 type of like orientation. Okay. Correct, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So tell us a little bit more about like your day-to-day -day work. Are you doing inbound or outbound? What's that split like? Absolutely. So the full focus of my job is outbound. Um, our team basically is headed up by uh, currently about seven SDR uh, representatives on our enterprise team. We're all focused on outbound. And then when we get an occasional inbound that comes in uh, with the accounts that we own, that's a round robin effect uh, to us. But 99% of my day is focusing on finding the new companies that we do not currently work with. Okay. Fantastic. And um, 
you know, we're connected here because you were the number one performer um, out of out of the uh, team of seven, um, and you are at two hundred percent of quota. All right. Correct. Yep. That's awesome. Okay. Um, tell us more about the secret sauce. I mean, two hundred percent of quota is not easy. Uh, we have tons of SDRs uh, that I talk to, and I think the I think statistics say that the average SDR is at like sixty or seventy percent of quota, or only sixty percent of them reach quota or something. And then and then here you are. Uh, working for two to three people, right? Or doing the equivalent to two to three people. What What is that like secret sauce? What What makes you special to get to those numbers? Yeah, that's a great question, Tito. I think it ultimately comes down to curiosity. Uh, what I mean by curiosity is everybody is looking at uh, these prospects, these accounts that they're given as an SDR, and you're trying to figure out how do you come into that individual account and really get out of their general noise that they deal with every day. Um, ultimately, I look at something uh, like a prospect and go, what can I do to get this person uh, to look at my email or take when they're speaking with me on the phone? How do I get them to actually stop and really say, you know what, I need to actually talk to you further about this. And it comes from just curiosity about getting people to say yes. Okay. But Okay, so so I get that you're you're trying to be curious in understanding how you get them to stop. But isn't it all the same? I mean, you're if you have a list of like twenty VPs of customer care uh, in telecom, like aren't they all the same? Wouldn't you just do the same message? Like they will stop for the same thing, or no? Yes and no. Uh, a lot of that has to do on existing contacts. So the great thing about our company is we've been around for over twenty years. Sometimes the fact that we have over 18,000 brands, we may have had a company before that has left. We may have had somebody that works with another person that we currently work with in an existing organization. I'm always looking for context and clues that allow me to leverage that in my outreach, whether it's from the subject line, whether it's from that first 15 seconds on, the, on a phone call cold, or if it's using LinkedIn as a way of saying, hey, we're mutually connected with so-and-so, or I do know for a fact that you used to work with somebody uh, prior that we're not necessarily connected with, but I'm always trying to pull some sort of golden nugget out of that person or that account that gives me some sort of relative information that's gonna get that person's attention and give me some, you know, maybe an extra 30 seconds to, to really drive home the value. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I like that. And and then, well, you, you mentioned common connections, but w what are some other like things that you might mention that can help you get those those 30 seconds and, and really, like you said, have the person stop and say, might this be relevant to me? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great question. In, in those cases, that's more of like a true cold outreach. They don't even know who I am. They might not even know who our company is. Really come to them with saying, from working with the other personas, uh, whether that's an existing client or for who I personally speak with, I like to ask that person a question and I emphasize, I'm working with other leaders like yourself that are prioritizing around X, Y, Z. Are you prioritizing on these same instances or am I coming out of left field? And by doing that, if they're not in a rush to get off the phone, they're gonna give you an answer. And most of the time, the good ones actually wanna elaborate on what they're really working on um, it's a hard time to get to those uh, situations just because people are always trying to get off the phones because they're, they're busy people. But um, that's usually what I'm trying to get is a question out and then understand what is it that is on their mind. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, 
And then wh wh where are you getting the majority of your demos from? Is it like email or phone or social or? Demos in the sense of uh, when or after meetings, initial. Yeah. Yeah. So meeting meetings for us, um, I would say it's 60 to 70% email. And then the other 30% is 30 to 35 is, is handled over the phone. Um, I'm an email heavy guy. So I'm really leveraging content that I put out into the marketplace uh, to generate that initial interest and activity and then using the phone as a secondary weapon of, okay, I finally, you know, couldn't get a yes out of you via email. Now I've connected with you. Um, let's really lock in some time to continue this conversation. Um, that's really what my strategy is. And it really falls into place with being curious um, for me because I'm able to use that leverage that I put in in the front end for finding this, this data that I need to get somebody to be interested in what we're talking about and then, you know, close on that phone. Um, but I do occasionally uh, close, uh, you know, first phone call. Um, but that's not the first uh, way that I go about it. Okay. So you're mentioning this like content you put out there and the initial investment, but what, what does that look like? Like, what are you actually putting? Are you like publishing blog posts or what, what are you talking about when you say putting that content out there? Yeah. So for example, when, when spending, so from an operations perspective, when, when starting a brand new account, uh, the idea is to understand within 10 minutes, do I know if we have data on them in Salesforce? Do I know if they're in the news recently? Do they have a 10K report available that I can dissect uh, that shows what their leadership is talking about publicly to shareholders? I'm looking to find some sort of context in 10 minutes and then put together a pretty specific email in the first two to three sentences and then leveraging existing information after that in that first email. And then I will spread that uh, to all of my personas, but tweaking it very slightly to what uh, what their titles are and what they're probably thinking about. Uh, interesting. So it seems like 10 minutes of like account research, you're finding data and then your first email, is that the first step of your sequence? Do you usually start with, with email and it's super personalized? Do you say at least the first two, three sentences? Yeah, great question there, Tito. So Sometimes when, and actually not sometimes, but a lot of times you don't really understand whether or not you're going to get any engagement right off the bat. So you could spend a ton of time on something just to find out that, A, the email wasn't right or they're, they're not going to open it. So my approach is maximizing my efficiency by not spending more than 10 minutes uh, for each prospect and really limiting my initial research to that 10 minutes on the account getting activity out there and then understanding is my, is my content actually being open from there after that first phone call, I can then assess what's going on with that prospect and then tailor my next outreach to even get more personalized if I need to. What I find is it's, it's a long process most of the time getting a hold of these people to get a meeting. And so we're always trying to just maximize our coverage to continue to spread the opportunity of booking a meeting a day. Right. Definitely. And then from, from what you're telling me then is you try to call the people that have opened your email. So I know there's functionality on outreach to be able to do so, but when you're building your sequences, are they then like purely based on emails and maybe some social or anything like that? Or do you have calls in between on top of the triggers? Yeah, absolutely. It's a ladder. So I'm, I'm setting up my, 
my work is based on, do I have, do I know for sure that I have a good number I can reach this individual on? If I have the confidence that I'm not going to an operator or going to a, uh, you know, how can I direct your call uh, through a Cisco phone system? I'm going to put those people on a call heavy sequence and really focus on trying to make an actual connection on the phone. Uh, so I do look at my engagement every day, but I really focus on saying I'm going to, out of this account, I'm going to get, you know, 30 to 40% of the people I target in a phone call sequence versus just strictly auto and then looking at engagement and, you know, hitting that. Uh, I'm, I'm more on, you gotta, you gotta make phone calls because you just don't know who's going to pick up and who's going to engage. That's very smart. So Here's something that I heard you say, which got me very curious. You said, if I have the confidence that I can reach them directly, I'll put them on a call heavy sequence. Do you have like different, like two sequences or more? Like one that's like, oh man, I couldn't find a direct line for this person. This is a, a, a lighter call, heavier on email sequence. And then one that's like heavier on call and maybe equally strong on email or whatever. Like, do you, yeah. do you really think that? deeply that's genius so yeah so um this the role of this for for me personally being really operationally efficient is is so important so not wasting your time if you're spending three to four hours a day calling you don't want to call people that are not going to even have a chance on the flip side you don't want to waste your time at the beginning, putting people into a sequence where you're going to call them if there's no ability to even to even reach them. So well, there's always a fine balancing act, but uh, ultimately, we try to get a lot of touches out there over a period of weeks. And so the goal is to get coverage and really just make sure that we're hitting these individuals um, for a while. So that way we can get in front of them at some point. Uh, but yes, we do have a few different forms of sequences, heavy email, no calling, uh, heavy calling and heavy email, and then just uh, calls only, depending on the situation. Calls only. So would that be, oh, so if the email bounces, you're just throwing them on a call only campaign. You got and it. That is, that is like pretty smart. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, I don't talk to a lot of people who have thought about it too much. Like half of the people I know, like if the email bounces, they're like, okay, fine, whatever. Like that email didn't work. Uh, one less prospect, no big deal, right? But it seems like you go and, and like might might use a, a second or third database to try to research the, their email. And if you don't get it, screw it. We're just going to call these people. So call only campaign. You got it. Genius. I love that, man. I think that's very helpful. So like for everybody who's like listening to this, um, this is – this is what you got to start doing. Like figure out your, your sequences, uh, go check all the emails that have bounced. And then, especially if they're like somewhat recent, right? Don't, don't go back two years because then a lot of people might've moved jobs or whatever. But if you go look at the past, like maybe three months and you have a bunch of bounced emails and uh, you really are not able through the tools that your company provides you find new emails, grab those leads, Throw them on a call-only sequence and just start dialing for dollars. And I think that'd be very helpful. And then figure out a way. I, I think that I was talking to another person. I think Outreach does this very well. I'm not sure if if Cellsoft is able to do it or any other technology can. Um, but if you you can do like trigger uh, tasks on engagement. So if somebody has opened up your email two times or three times or whatever, 
it triggers an urgent call. So that first thing you yep. see is they have opened your emails. Go call them. Um, man, any other like smart things or out of the ordinary things you, you might be doing here that, that we need to share? Any other smart things? Um, ultimately, it's, it's doing what you know you need to do. So if you know that you're dealing with somebody that's probably not going to be uh, answer your emails just because you've you sent out a whole sequence of no emails and you might have a decent phone that works, put them in a calls only sequence and touch them once a week because you, the whole game is follow up. And time and time again, I find that there are certain meetings that I get that I spent more than three or four or five months in the process of getting to because it just takes the luck of the timing and the opportunity to just, if you keep staying in front of them and on them, you're going to get something. Um, that doesn't mean that you try to look at how can you improve your chances so that you get to a meeting quicker, but it's really the follow-up. And uh, ultimately you got to just do the things that you know you need to do and not be lazy about it and just do it. Correct. And I, I love that. And, and also for context, as we've mentioned, right, Grant's reaching out to very big accounts, Fortune 500. So Grant, you probably don't, how many, I don't know if you can share the exact numbers, but like how many accounts are you usually reaching out to, to in, a, in a given like month or, or anything like that? Or how do you yeah. think, you don't have like 5,000 accounts, obviously. No, 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 a few hundred. So I'm ultimately, in, I'm all as a top performer, uh, you're, you're dealing with a lot of accounts that you go through that you have to then figure out how do I keep my pipeline full. So that way, if I know I'm going to book nine or 10 meetings in a week on a very good week uh, versus two, how do you make sure that you're replenishing the supply of getting enough conversations going every day? Um, it's a balancing act and, and one that I'm still trying to, to get more efficient on. But to answer your question, it's ultimately uh, a few hundred accounts and you're monitoring that through outreach essentially in our accounts uh, vertical to uh, know, hey, has it been more than two or three weeks since I've had a touch on this account? Um, and if so, where, where's the context? Is the AE uh, moving the op forward? Is this something that they handled originally and they said don't reach out to because they have a personal relationship? It's just, it's just making sure you're on top of, of everything um, in, in short. Okay. Yeah, that, 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 that makes sense. So again, for people who only have a few hundred accounts and it really makes sense to be persistent, this is a, a fantastic way to do it. If you're calling like SMB and let's say you are with, uh, I don't know, I have a good friend at Service Titan or, or people like that, um, you, and, and you have like 10,000 contacts to after, probably not a good idea to just be super, super um, persistent with one. But uh, understand your value, understand some context. And yeah, again, for those enterprise reps to do follow um, a little bit more of what, what Grant's doing over here. I think it's incredibly smart. Um, Grant, let's talk more about the context and how you've learned to do these things and, and how you got to become uh, you know, a great performer at a 200% quota. So give us more context about um, the, the company. So you mentioned seven STRs, uh, how many AEs? Um, AEs in North America, we're at uh, six, I believe. And then around the globe, we're about a team of 100 uh, enterprise reps in total. So counting SDRs, AEs, uh, client partners, et cetera, we have a team of about 100 uh, worldwide. Okay. 
When you're booking these meetings, do you book for just one specific KE? Are you paired up or, or do you send to different ones? And what, what is that based off? Is it just like round robin or territories or what? So our organization is designed so that AEs are working a set of number of accounts. We have uh, X percentage of those accounts in their, in their book. And then after that, if it's a net new opportunity where that original AE has not um, been tasked with that account, we're then going to round robin it to, you know, an AE that's open, for example, uh, when, the, when the meeting gets booked. Uh, that's how we approach that currently. Man, I love that. I, uh, I, I do like that approach. It seems like it balances people and it gives them like a pretty fair take on the number of opportunities, uh, balances uh, uh, the workload as well. So re really good stuff. Um, tell us a little bit more about like the, the tools that you're using that are making mm -hmm. you successful. So um, Salesforce, Outreach, uh, what, what, are, what are some of these tools? Yeah, so uh, outreach for sure. I spend I spend basically every second in in outreach of my day. Uh, LinkedIn Sales Navigator, uh, Zoom Info obviously is a, is a very popular one. Um, Clearbit and then uh, Lucia is a is a is one that's more of a secondary tool. I find it very useful. If you haven't checked it out, please do. Uh, it's worth adding to your arsenal. Uh, I can guarantee you would never regret it, even if you have to pay for it yourself. Um, it's definitely a good secondary tool to the, the other ones that we mentioned already. Cool. And then you mentioned Clearbit, but how are you leveraging Clearbit if you're doing so much outbound? Aren't they supposed to be more on the inbound side? So for me personally, uh, I use Clearbit in terms of understanding existing email data. So um, if, I'm having a, if I'm having a hard time trying to put together an email, uh, sometimes Clearbit has uh, an existing email that, especially if somebody that's been in an organization for a very long time, uh, what I have found, the ones that have been there the longest, usually have more of a custom email. So uh, like Tito, uh, for example, it could be uh, Tito157 at uh, Alti Sales. Uh, it's because you've been there for seven years now almost versus somebody that might start out and be uh, grant.horvath at altisales.com. Um, Clearbit is able to help me understand sometimes who um, might have an email like that, especially if I'm not making any traction there. And then it also helps with validating uh, be, being the correct email in the first place. Okay. I, I, I haven't delved too deep into clear bit but that was that was interesting you mentioned another thing about um, outreach before which was about the accounts and seeing which accounts you haven't touched for a while um, I, I haven't seen that functionality how, how are you doing that does, does it just know because of the URL or like the email like you can check like how many people from at Alti sales you've emailed in the past or yeah, great question. So within the accounts level of outreach, as long as you own the account, you can see the, the last activity uh, on that account. So that could be an, a prospect within the account itself. But it tells you from an account level, you can click through 50 at a time and understand where you're at with your all of your accounts. But the, the, the catch is they have to be in your name all the time because if they get bounced out, uh, and sometimes that happens uh, due to Salesforce uh, related issues, uh, you'll lose your name in that account and therefore you lose trackability on actually, oh, wait a second, um, do I even remember 
what my uh, account is because I haven't seen it here. So you, you have to you have to be on top of uh, of what you've got uh, to make sure that you always are working it. Okay, fantastic. So you're you're just syncing all the data from Outreach into into Salesforce, um, and from Salesforce into Outreach. I, uh, yeah, I that 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 makes a lot of sense. So cool. I I I see how you can do that now. Um, tell us tell us a little bit more about um, you know your your cold calling uh, or when you're calling prospects. Do you have like somewhat of a script written down or? Um, what do you leverage? How, how do you know what to say? Yeah, great question. So coming back to curiosity, if there's any type of opportunity to pull information that's out there and available, uh, whether it's through news articles, LinkedIn, uh, interest that that person has, prior history and activity that we can find in Salesforce, I'm always always trying to use that first versus coming in cold and saying, hey, this is Grant. Um, you know, obviously they do, they have no idea who who I am anyhow. But it, it just makes it a lot tougher uh, when you're coming in without any type of, of golden nugget to use in, in your uh, call. For example, um, if I'm coming in cold and and this is maybe ten to thirty percent of my calls each day are like this, I'm really trying to focus on a what's their persona and what do I know about that persona already that we're doing a good job with and what other leaders tell me they're interested on and then B driving home the value of we're working with other leaders focusing on solving this type of problem or several problems are you currently thinking about that Tito or is this not a priority for you right now and then really just trying to understand is this person gonna engage with me and have a conversation or are they not interested off the get-go and then depending on how they, they give me that feedback, I then tailor that next approach to either trying to get a referral out of them to understand what's the right direction to go in or understanding if it's just a bad time because their head's down in a current initiative that they need to focus on or they're just clearly not interested at all. Um, it's really, really just one of those three things that I find. Okay, cool. Um, that makes a lot of sense, man. And I, I, the other question I had was, was about email, but you, you already kind of like touched upon that on how you're personalizing usually the first two, three sentences of your first email and, uh, and leveraging that heavily. Um, do, do you then bump that email back uh, with, with future emails or how many actual first emails do you write? Like that yeah, are completely great templates. That's a great question. So when I first started started out here at LivePerson, um, I was the first SDR. I had literally come into a team where Sam and I were basically building this out uh, together. And we were bumping at the beginning, uh, we were bumping that first email. But over time, we've seen that uh, the engagement's strong, but we're not getting enough return. So we're really focused now on not doing the bumping anymore and, and every time we're sending out an email we're trying to get really concise on driving some kind of value short and sweet the longer that sequence goes on uh, ultimately because we know people get busy they see that good stuff at the front and then they just need to be kept up with over time to get them to to bite or sometimes what I do if I craft a really good email I actually reinsert that along the way because I want them to keep seeing the value that I originally saw showed them and I've gotten some success here to start the year probably about five to seven use cases of of doing that example and actually getting somebody to reply with hey you know, let's have a conversation or, Hey, look, I'm actually thinking about this, not the right time. 
uh, sort of speak or, or go talk to somebody else. Um, this is their priority. Yeah, definitely. I love that. I mean, um, I, I might, if you're open to sharing, we can talk a little bit about maybe you sending me some, some templates and I might be able to, uh, you know, we're going to hide any information that's, that's private to prospects if, if you need to do that and then share some of these uh, templates and, and how you're thinking about your, your sequence, especially given the research and the curiosity you're, you're talking about. I think it would be helpful for, for other SDRs. Um, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, tell us more about training. It seems like you're doing some pretty advanced techniques. Of course you work, you work with Sam, but how often do you train? What do you train on? You, you talked about operational efficiency as well. Like how are you, how are you becoming yeah. better or training at that? Uh, or, or where are you learning all these things from? Yeah, great thing. A great thing uh, that you asked that. So working with some of my colleagues, I, I have the pleasure of working with somebody that spent a lot of time with Sam uh, prior. His name is Tim. And Tim is probably one of the best thinkers of, of, of staying operationally efficient. So I've naturally have gotten much better at being way more precise on each account, each prospect, context that I can pull because I've been working with him and working around great people that, that brings you up. The other thing from a training perspective, we spend uh, once a week really identifying the biggest things that we would like to improve on individually in our one-on-ones. But we also, uh, as a team, collectively each morning assess uh, on our morning calls, what are we, cap- what, what's going on out there? Is anybody dealing with a specific challenge that they need to talk about? How can we um, chime in? How can we learn from that? Um, the role playing is done uh, based on any challenges that we have uh, individually, but um, it's really one one training a week as a team, and then multiple opportunities connect with uh, you know my teammates every day to to deal with a situation when it comes about. Right, and, and is Tim another like SDR, or is he like in operations, or how is he helping you in the SDR? It seems like from what I talk to other companies, like. SDR operations is a maybe super early emerging area of work. Like I know maybe one or two companies have put somebody in that role. So, so is that what Tim does or is he just another colleague? He's a, he's a colleague. He's definitely uh, somebody that should be on your show in the future. He is a top performer and I am appreciative that I get to work with him every day. He's a, he's an incredible Credible SDR, and uh, he's going to do some very big things uh, for us this year. Can't wait to watch that. Awesome, good stuff, man. Seems like great training. I mean, good insights. Um, any other things you want to share with the audience? Anything like favorite incentives or spiffs or things that keep you motivated or what gets you up at night or what uh, you know keeps you happy every day? Yeah, a um, lot of lot of opportunity there to. to to dive deeper on um, based on what you just said. I would say the first thing is what keeps me up at night. Uh, I think we all go through this as SDRs. Uh, For me, it's making sure that am I doing everything that I can uh, during that given week or that day to drive value, to make sure I'm moving something forward in an account or with an individual. Um, That's what keeps me up the most, uh, no question. The secondary thing that I would say to that is uh, I'm always trying to understand um, if, if I can get better from a tactful uh, perspective of is there anything that I can physically do to change my game each day or each month when I'm assessing my, my work or is it really just about putting more hours in 
Um, I think you can certainly be a 200% quota carrying rep working 40, 40 hours a week, but you have to be super, super smart on knowing exactly what you're doing each minute of the day. Um, or you're going to have to spend 50 to 60 hours to make up for you're not as uh, tactful in what you're doing each day and you're really focusing on playing a long game versus a, a short-term game. Um, it just depends on the style, but I fall into the latter. I work, I try to get to 50 hours a week. Um, it's not always uh, going to happen, but um, I find that the more time I spend prospecting and having a high level of sequences that, that helps me out in the back end uh, for me personally, which is why I'm able to continue to reach 200% uh, goal every month. That's awesome, man. Um, that, those are great insights. Um, last, last question here before uh, we let you go. Um, what's a, do you want people to get in touch with you? If so, what's the best way or book recommendations, any other, any other things that you can uh, you know, share? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can stay in touch with me uh, on LinkedIn, Grant Horvath with Live Person. Um, my contact information is on LinkedIn. I would more than, be more than happy to connect with anybody that's uh, looking to learn more about what Live Person's doing and/or what we're doing with our team. From a, uh, you know, how why are we why are we really good at what we do and and how are we getting better? I would say uh, continue to follow uh, what Tito's doing here with his show. Uh, Scott Ingram has uh, got a very good podcast that I listened to. He just came out with a sales success story book. Um, I just finished the Audible edition this week, and uh, it's, a, it's some very good content in there. Ultimately, um, the biggest thing I want to share leading, uh, going away from this conversation with you, Tito, is uh, ultimately, as an SDR, the, you really need to just think about what is it that you can do to to, when you're looking at an individual prospect, how can you get inside their head somehow looking outside in and go, this person is probably thinking about this problem or maybe uh, based on what the company's trajectory is doing is having to think about something in the future that you can provide value with and finding ways to use other information that can help ease that prospect into a conversation with you ultimately to give them your time uh, is, is really uh, how I think about things. And I can see that from the colleagues that I work with, uh, we're always just trying to I understand what is it um, that we can do to get somebody to, to come back and say, yes, I want to have a conversation with you. So that's probably how I would leave it up. Fantastic, man. Thank you so much for uh, making it to the show. It was a pleasure having you and uh, for everybody else do go connect with Grant. Um, uh, on LinkedIn and or uh, you can also reach out to me. Um, I am I'm gonna plug Alti Sales in here for a second. We are um, hiring more top performing SDRs across uh, United States and Latin America. We're uh, we're a distributed team. So if you are looking for a role, um, look at uh, all the other uh, SDRs that I've interviewed on the show uh, for the SDR Superstar Series. Uh, we have it uh, on a podcast uh, version as well now. Um, and, uh, go look at the cold calling trainings as well. Um, amazing training, uh, really fun company to work for. So if you're looking for a top, for a new role and you're a top performer, um, hit me up and, uh, we'd love to, love to interview you. Um, thanks everybody. Hopefully this was hel helpful and I hope you've enjoyed it a lot, just like I have. And, uh, we'll be back uh, in touch in the future. Take care. Peace.